Hey, this is another episode of Get Off Milan Geeks Podcast. I know it's been a while since our last update, but things have been a little crazy and a whole lot of busy and a lot of fun, actually. So funny story, there's going to be a nice little video update about everything that I've been doing this past month to get more content out there for you guys. And the next project that I'm actually working on currently right now is about Europe. And I'm talking about major cities in Europe and traveling and having a great time meeting new people through this nice little website called couchsurfing.org. And it is an unbelievable experience. For the past month, I've actually been away backpacking through Europe, through couchsurfing, meeting amazing people, and getting to know not just the cities that I was in, which I will tell you more in the video update, but I was also getting to know the people of the city, and they were magnificent and just brilliant people who were open and, and kind and just very nice. So I got to interview a lot of those people and we sat down and we really talked about what couchsurfing is all about and it's funny because in this new episode 9 of Get Off Money Geeks podcast, I actually sit down with one of my hosts in Paris, France. That's right, we did a podcast in Paris, France with Amanda and Brandon and it was a great time. Uh, her name is Alice. And we finally get to sit down for a hostful. It was really crazy to try to organize things together because of the time difference and because I didn't know where I was going to be at when and if I had Wi-Fi to even talk to people. So it was, it was a wild time. And we kind of, in this episode, talk about board games a lot. So this one is more specifically geared towards board games than anything else. So it, it's, a, it's a great time and just a lot of fun and Amanda, Alice, Brandon and I, we all sat down and she gave in the two punches and the geek culture in Paris, France is amazing and I just can't wait to, to share with everything that I've got and our special Couchsurfing podcast with Alice will be part of the Paris section in the new podcast on Genovi Productions. So this, just look for it. It should be out and all out there. All episodes will be out there at once. Again, the video will explain more what details, what cities. I know I can't give you much. It's just giving you little tips and teasers, but it's amazing. Couchsurfing.org, check it out. It's absolutely amazing. And you will meet some incredible people who will stick with you for the rest of your life. So thank you very much. Listen to episode 9. This episode is called We Get a Bit Boardy. And not meaning that the podcast is boring, just meaning that we talk a lot about board games, tabletop, and just how crazy, globally, <laughs> it's a sense it's pretty funny. So we talk about that. So please follow us on the Twitters, on Facebook, on Google+, Get Off Milani Geeks Podcast. Follow me personally if you want. Chernobyl 87 Brandon at Nerds Beware, it's also his Twitter handle. And then we also have Amanda at Instagram at StarPrincess1988. Uh, thank you very much. And it's great to be home, actually. Uh, very excited to finally keep doing this and really get the ball rolling. And it's just been a wild month, and I'm so excited to really talk about it. Sort of, if you guys want to hear about it, leave me a message. Let me know. It was awesome, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Get Off Milano Geeks Podcast. And have a great day. Bye.
Okay. We are apparently live. Oh, yeah. So this is live now. Okay. Oh, so anyone on the internet can listen to this. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure in this. You get used to it. You get used to it. You end up forgetting that people are actually listening. Or that yeah. people do listen, and you just sort of talk. This is our tenth episode, eleventh episode. I put this one as nine because I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was going off what was on the site. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, it might be ten. I think. Okay. But well, welcome matter. to episode ten, everybody. Or nine, or whatever it is. Nine, <laughs> one of them. Nine and three quarters. <laughs> 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 Hogwarts Express, everyone. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome back. It's when was the last time we did it? Uh, all of us together. I don't know. It's been it a was while. Like think, a month ago. Yeah, really? early January. Was yeah. it early? No, it's still January, I guess. But yeah, I have January second as the last time we were in a hangout. Okay. Wow. That's that yeah, that was our end of the year. Everybody's been. It's funny because we were just saying that, like, it's kind of slow for entertainment and uh, stuff like that, but we all have seemingly been busy. I'm Brandon, by the way. I'm joined by John and Amanda, as usual, just so we get our introductions out of the way, although you guys probably already know this already. And we have a special guest with us today from yes. France, who is, uh, introduce yourself, please. <laughs> uh, so I'm Alice, and... Um... And I don't know how to introduce myself otherwise. Um, <clears throat> yes, that's all. <laughs> that works. That works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's been a little bit, but that's yeah, all right. Stuff going on, things to do. Good stuff, right? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's New Year's. I guess we're almost in February now. It's pretty intense. Like a whole month has already passed. Yeah, it went by pretty fast. Like, surprisingly, it felt like it went by pretty fast. Kind of like a whirlwind uh, experience overall, just because, you know, you just celebrated New Year's and you remember 2013, and and then now it's already, like, you can't say, oh, New Year's resolution anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, now you, have to, you kind of really need to get going with it. If you haven't started yet... <laughs> It's a good chance you're not going to get it done. Yeah. Like I keep saying, I keep telling myself I want to buy another PS4. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime. <laughs> I really do want one, though. Those things are nice. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for a couple more games to come out that I like really that really catch my eye. Uh, the new Infamous, uh, Infamous Second Son. That, is, looks awesome. that looks incredible. And apparently like they're saying... The first couple of games that came out, people were saying they looked good, but, like, you know, nothing that kind of blew people's minds in terms of, like, graphic quality, because you expected that to sort of be, like, a step up when you're getting these new consoles. You expected, you know, like, insane graphics and everything. Uh, and a lot of people were saying the graphics were good, they just weren't great, but apparently, like, everything everybody has seen about Second Son is that it just, it looks fantastic, apparently. And, like, that'll be a good system seller um, for people who kind of waited uh, I'll probably still wait a little bit more until like one or two other things come out and then pick it up. But yeah, I'm I'm actually really I like I said I didn't own a PlayStation Three, so I didn't get to play the other Infamouses. But this one looks really cool, uh, and I definitely want to play it. And when it comes out, I was a huge fan of the of the franchise, the Infamous franchise. It was uh, it kind of reminded me of Force Unleashed. Okay. 
Do you remember that? Yeah, that game was pretty cool. A lot of people didn't really like it, but I, I dug that game. I love that game. I really, really loved the first one, and then the second one was okay. It didn't get... It wasn't... It wasn't... Uh, it was just equal to the first one. It wasn't mm-hmm. better or worse than, than the first one, but I it reminded me so much of uh, Star Wars Unleashed that uh, Infamous kind of had like an uncharted element to it as well. Nice. Okay. So it gave the gameplay, the graphics, and just like this whole whole world experience kind of thing, where you, and also kind of gave a Grand Theft Auto feel, minus you know just a random running over of people and killing. Yeah. Which, in a sense, there is stuff like that, but it had more to it. So what was the other game that was like Infamous? There was Infamous, and there was another one that came out where, like, you were a dude with, like, superpowers. And they both came out, like, around the same time. Do you remember? Um, I guess it wasn't that good. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, god damn it, now I can't remember. Um, it, it, uh, it wasn't... Was the one where he had, like, that weird arm and it was, like, a blade? Might have been. I don't remember. Uh, no, I have yeah, to look. there's... There, but I'm really looking forward to the next generation of gaming. I know Watchdog got pushed back. I know I was really bummed. Like that was I was super looking forward to that. Um, Again, and then there's a few games because I've been getting an uh, Informer, Game Informer. Yeah. Recently, so I've been reading more and more about it, and it's pretty cool because now I am a proud new owner of an iPad. Nice. <laughs> and now now I could read this stuff on my iPad. <laughs> Now what you need to do is get all the sweet board games that are for iPad. Blow right. your money I, on that. <laughs> I almost got... I think I was over Amanda's house, and I was borderline about to just buy Ticket to Ride. Oh, nice. Because that's a great... Is it? But I only have the iPad Mini, so I don't know if it's still going to be like a great board game. Experience. Oh, yeah. Dude, I play I play Ticket to Ride. I don't have the HD version. I only have the iPhone version, and it's great on my phone. Like, I play it on my phone all the time. Um... So I'm sure the iPad version looks absolutely fantastic, it, you know, because it's an HD, it's a nice, their retinal display version of it, I think, and everything. Uh, and the game actually plays really well. Like, they did, like, a near-perfect translation from board to game um, with that one. You can play one. with other people, though, on your iPad, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Then I'm definitely getting it, Amanda. We are playing Ticket to Ride. <laughs> what, what's really nice about the, the iPad, too, and I actually did it one night, uh, game night, uh, a couple months ago, it was just George, Janine, and myself. It was a small group. Um, we sort of didn't really have anything to play, so I had my iPad with me, and we actually just played uh, Carcassonne, but we just played passive uh, play, and uh, we just played it with the iPad. Like, and it was great because... <laughs> Carcassonne's a French town. <laughs> um, actually. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it's actually a real place, yeah. <laughs> it was a great, it's a great game. <laughs> oh, it's a fantastic game too, yeah. Um, but yeah, like we, we just did pass and play with that, and it it was great because it saves you all the cleanup and the setup and all that kind of stuff. Like it's really easy to just you know put the iPad out and just pass it back and forth to everybody. Like, um, remind me, I'll send you a list of like all the board games that are actually out because there's a ton out for iPad. Uh, Small World is out for iPad. Um, Ticket to Ride. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like basically, only stuff I have on my iPad right now is like board games. It's like Isn't the only Ascendant is no, not Descendant. Uh... Ascension. Ascension. Yeah. Yeah. Also Which on there too. I'm playing on my iPhone. That is the one thing that I play literally like every 
day. Uh, like, I have had matches going with my friends for months at this point. Like, we are constantly playing. Um, I'm trying to see what I have on my phone right now. I have Catan, Carcassonne, uh, Bang, Ascension, Hive, Ticket to Ride, Ticket to Ride Europe. That's just on my phone. I have a couple games on my iPad Wait, that I Ticket to have. Ride Europe on uh, for the uh, iOS? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to get that. Yeah. I love, I love Ticket to Ride America, but I really, oh, yeah. want, I really want Ticket to Ride like Europe or... Do they have the South America one? Uh, I don't think so. I know for the I I know for iOS they have America, uh, Europe, and Switzerland. I think are the three that they have for the iOS. Uh, I might have to I might have to get the Europe one. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I I just wanted something different. Yeah, it's it's great. Like I said, I mean, it makes it really nice. I wish they would port more games to it. You, you know, like. I have a I have Eclipse on the iPad, and Eclipse is big spacefaring, uh, you know, political combat space game with all these little wooden pieces and a lot of moving parts and plastic ships and hexagonal tiles and it's it's just big and cumbersome. And you know, when you play the game, it's a game that takes you know two three hours to play in person because everybody takes a turn and does a bunch of stuff. But like I said, then you have to manage all your little pieces. And on the iPad, it is absolutely fantastic because it's all automated. It's just you click a button, you drag and drop, and it works perfectly. And, like, I almost prefer that to, like, you know, like, I like playing when we play a board game when I'm playing in person. I usually like to have the game there so, like, we can all sit around and actually, you know, play the pieces and move them around. But just the fact that that would save us hours, you know, in cleanup and in just moving stuff around the board, like... Yeah, but there's still. I think I, I would point like an argument that to say that there's still some beauty to just regular board games. Oh yeah, absolutely. In a sense that like tick that, that that cleanup is sometimes nice. Yeah, um, like King of Tokyo. Like I love playing with the, like those big, just the big oversized dice and the little green energy cubes and just the cardboard cutouts, like. That game I love playing. Like I'd love an automated version of that because that would be again a real simple game. Like to think about that game on an iPad would be so easy because you can already automate dice rolling. All these other games do it, and then it's just drag and drop. You know, it, it's such an easy game to that they could port out to an iPad. But just, I love those pieces. Like I said, like the oversized neon green dice, or just you know, and the, the black dice. And I actually just bought the Halloween expansion for um, King of Tokyo. Um, and those come with orange dice because it's a Halloween-themed one. So it's like these mm -hmm. orange and black dice that are awesome. Uh, also, did you get a chance to play? No, I don't have anybody to play with. <laughs> uh, because I, I left my King of Tokyo at Amanda's apartment oh. <laughs> with all my games, actually. Unless I want to play with my roommate's cat. <laughs> I haven't just be meowing at you the entire time. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would be vocal, but not very. Exciting. Hey, at least you could swat at the dice, and that'll count somewhat as rolling. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, good, you rolled. I'll just move yeah. the pieces for you. That's you lost a Friday heart. night. <laughs> tiger. Uh, tiger. The tiger. expansion for. That's a shout out to Tiger. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> He'll shout back a lot. Oh, he's been so vocal today. 
<laughs> He's just singing to everybody. That's what cats do best. But um, I'm curious about the the OS uh, board game. Are, can you play a single player versus CPU? Uh, for what? Like I'm saying, like, take it to ride. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm just looking at my wish list of stuff on App Shopper, which is an app you should... Anybody who has an iPhone should check out App Shopper. Uh, basically, it's an awesome app because it tells you when things drop in price... Um, or when it goes free, or when something new gets released. Like, you can put stuff on a watch list, uh, or on a wish list, mm -hmm. so that when it goes on sale, it'll actually pop up, like, you'll get an iOS notification, and it'll say, like, you know, hey, this is on sale, and it saved me spending money on a bunch of stuff, because I got a lot of stuff for free, because this thing keeps watch on it. Um, uh, Agricola Pandemic is actually on iPad. Like, serious? Yeah. I love Pandemic. Um, but I love it. You know, what, Castle Panic would be awesome. Oh, that. Castle Panic would be so great. Oh, I will talk about that in a second. I got Dead Panic. Um, and oh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, Stone Age is out. Uh, Puerto Rico is out for iPad, which is uh, that game is awesome. Um, Ghost Stories, Lords of Waterdeep, Small World, Caius. There's a whole bunch of board games like really good board games that they have out on iOS now. I wonder if they have Flux. They do. Yes. They absolutely do. I, I, I love Flux. Um, Such a good game. Yeah, that one's actually really fun. Uh, they have Zombie Dice, which is such a simple game. It's a good like little travel game. Uh, Elder, Signs Omen. Elder Sign Omens is another one that I have that is pretty good. Um, when you talk about your Pride and Prejudice, did that come in? Uh, I actually just got an update like 20 minutes ago for the Kickstarter thing. So actually, live on the air news, let's see what it says. Because she sent out an email, like a Kickstarter update about it. Um, yes, sir, for, I think everybody who doesn't know that uh, Brandon supported a Kickstarter that funded a Pride and Prejudice card game. Yep. Right? Yeah, it's like yeah, a, I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily a deck building game, but it's a card game. What, Marrying what was, Mr. Darcy. What was, the, what was it called again? Marrying Mr. Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, what's going to be, how, how is it going to be? Uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. Like the, I haven't gotten to actually play it. I got a print and play version of it, but I didn't actually get to test it out. But essentially it's like you'll play cards from your hands and... I guess you're trying to win the love of one of the guys from Pride and Prejudice. I don't know much about Pride and Prejudice. I bought it, I, like, I backed it because I like board games and it looked cool and it was sort of a different theme, but my wife actually likes Pride and Prejudice and uh, I, I my sister-in-law do does as well. So I was like, yeah, I'll get it because they like to play games sometimes, so it might be something that they would enjoy. There's a huge fan of Pride and Prejudice in this uh, podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> she is huge. She's like grin cheek to cheek right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not to play that, my god. Yeah, well, it's not out for everybody. I think it's only for the supporters. But Right now, yeah. Eventually, in later this year, it's going to be out, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. What right. she said right now is that... Uh, my contact at the printer has told me the games will arrive on the East Coast around February 27th. Uh, then things need to pass through customs. Um, 
That'll be another one or two weeks, and then they have to get delivered to her in Wisconsin, so another two. So it's probably looking like spring, which is, you know, that's pretty good. Um, and again, like I said, like I could play it. I have the print-and-play version. I just have to go and, like, print it out myself and try yeah. it out. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say, like, April or May maybe, depending on how fast everything goes. It seemed like from the Kickstarter video and everything like that, it seemed like a really awesome game for, especially for people who understood. understood. Yeah, like if you know <laughs> characters from it, it's probably a lot cooler. But I'm sure I'll like it on just a face value of it's a cool card game. Like, I mean, that's a big thing. Is is just like theme, you know? Like if a game has a really boring theme. It might be boring to play, but it might have a boring theme, but be a really good game. Like it, you never know. Or it could have like a really cool theme, but be really dull and tedious to play, or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. like like I, like Smash Up, for example. Uh, Smash well, Up is a really cool theme, but like to me, it's kind of like daunting to play that sometimes. Like I don't I don't hate it, but I feel like it's sort of sometimes it's just like. Oh my god, like this takes forever to play, but the theme is really cool because I've got a deck of pirates and robots fighting against, you know, gnomes and zombies. So it's like that's crazy when you think about it. Dinosaurs and ninjas. Yeah, you know, but like I said, to me like that's just such a, a game like oh my god, this game takes forever to play. I I I love that game actually. Uh but yeah, the the tabletop it's just uh, it's so much fun, and yeah. just the fact that the fact that they they made it into the iPad itself is is interesting. How they could take something so physical and make it digital. Yeah, it's and very when, you interesting. Have, when you have good companies doing the ports, like it's good. Like I've seen some pretty bad versions of like board games where it's just like this is a really like poorly done. Like Hive is the, <laughs> the iOS counterpart of Hive is. Like just buggy, which is funny if you know what Hive is. Um, <laughs> it's you're you're playing as bugs, but it's just like it's broken and it's just it just doesn't work. Like you can play it, but it's just really badly broken. But like I said, like something like Eclipse or Ticket to Ride are just like so well done that you're just like, wow, I almost don't want to play. You know, like okay, we're going on vacation. Do I want to lug all my Ticket to Rides because there's like four different versions, or do I just want to take my iPad that's already going to have it and we can just do pass and play? You know, like... Yeah. It's great. Too bad uh, Too bad we can't somehow also do that with beer. It's like, yo, I'll bring all the beer in the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> somehow it materializes like in Star Trek. It just materialized right in front of me. True. Um... Give me a punk IPA. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this oh, never mind. We'll talk about the beers later. I just thought of the few beers that I've had that were absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I had that one that last week that uh, I posted about, which we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, we had game night last Thursday. How's that going? Uh, good. We had a good turnout last week. Uh, our friend Rich showed up. He used to work at Barnes and Noble. Um, and then it was the normal group. Uh, Rory's girlfriend was there as well, so we had a couple more people. Uh, which, which which are we talking about? Uh, Rich Verall. I don't know if you. Oh, no, no, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he worked there when I first started, and then he left to go to school, and then he came back, and he's just he lives in the area, so he came out and uh, and played. So we had we had about seven people. 
Um, and we played a, a whole ton of coup, which was just uh. so fun. Um, and now, like, I'm really glad I bought that game when I did because you can't get it on Amazon anymore. Like, it's completely sold out. Um, print, I thought, right? What's up? Isn't it, isn't this print like this section of the or this amount of the print is it's out of print now? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's essentially for right now, like, they're, they've sold out of every copy that they have, and now it's considered out of print, and they have to print more copies. So I'm really glad I got it when I did, because that game is absolutely fantastic. Um, so we had game night on Thursday. We played um, played Coup for most of the night, and then we ended the night, like I said, with Dead Panic, which is the, I guess, what you can call, like, the spiritual successor, um, they say in video game terms. Uh, to Castle Panic, um, but instead of like orcs and goblins and stuff like that, it's all zombies, um, and it is awesome. Like, we, well, I should premise it by saying we played it wrong the first two times we played it, so the game seems a lot harder than it actually is. But then when I actually sat down and read the rules and clarified them, we were making it way harder on ourselves. So it's actually not as hard, but it's still kind of like terrifyingly hard. Um, that, uh, well, because Castle Panic is a really hard game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Castle Panic it's is... It's, like, impossible to win. That game is is a pain in my ass to play, because I love playing it, but it, it kicks my ass every time I play. Um, Alice is definitely afraid of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, 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 I can't walk the Walking Dead because of it. Oh, That's, no. Yeah, she. Uh, that, that's a shame, but I've, I'm just I, I've seen the first episode, and then then I got zombie nightmares for a, a week, <laughs> and so <laughs> I just can't handle it. <laughs> so Castle Panic, the the sensation of having zombies closing on all directions on you is pretty terrifying. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You would hate this game because. <laughs> <laughs> so, the way. I'm sure I've talked about Castle Panic on here before, but I'll just give a brief synopsis of it. It's essentially, if anybody's ever played like a tower defense game uh, on computer or their phone or anything like that, where waves of enemies will come out and you set up defenses, such as towers, and different towers do different attacks. You might have a, a cannon tower, which does uh, a big splash damage, which means it hits multiple targets. You might have like a magic tower, which does a lot of damage, but it only does it to one target or something like that. So that's a, tower defense games have been around forever. Um, you just have these waves of enemies that come out, and you don't want to let them get to these, the finish line. So you want to try and kill them before they get to the finish line. Um, so what Castle Panic is is essentially a board game version of that. It, it's every round you'll pick these monsters out of a little bag, you'll roll a dice, they'll go into a certain ring, and then they'll move forward in these rings, and they'll move closer to the castles in the center of, of the board. Um, and it's super hard. Like, you basically have a deck of cards, and you can trade cards with other players. You'll play the cards to try and defeat the monsters before they reach the castle, and with the expansion, you get, like, magic powers and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, so it's essentially just a tower defense game. But it, it's, it's... Brandon, did you play the hard version? Uh, there's, two, there's two difficulty levels. Yeah, there's like the more panic version. I think we tried it once. I um, just got devoured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we lasted what? one round, I think. It's like, I, but I really do enjoy those kind of board games where you are going against the board and... Yes. Not Star Trek, board, yep. a simulation. <laughs> um, it's great to get... It's a it's a co-op game, so you're playing with like everybody is on your team. You're all working together, 
And it's it's funny because it looks it's got this cartoony graphics to it. It looks really like kid in nature. Like it just looks very childish in nature. And then when you get into it, it becomes very much like a strategy game where you have yeah. to think five moves ahead because you're gonna look at the board and say, Okay, well on the next turn this monster moves three spaces forward, and if he does that, he's going to break in and he's going to hit the castle and destroy that. But on the other side, we've got this guy who can just fly right over the castle wall, so we need to take care of him, but we don't have any cards to play that could kill him. But then we've also got this other guy behind him who is going to do, you know, like he's going to destroy this if he gets in. So, like, you always have to be fact, thinking... It's the fact of that, like, also you could trade within people, so yep. you, that's another element. It's like, okay this monster is potentially going to kill me, does anyone else have something that, or will destroy a wall, does anyone else have something that I could use? Exactly. So it's like, you got to worry about the monsters, you got to worry about your other teammates, and your and other teammates have to worry about you. It's like really intense. It's crazy. And you're sitting there going like, okay, well in three rounds, this orc is going to hit the castle wall, which means I should trade my, you know, because the rings are named in terms of, like, so the, the furthest ring out is, like, the starting area, and then you have an archer ring, and then you have a knight ring, and then you have a swordsman ring, and it's just, it's a range-based thing. So, like, archers can only hit in the archer ring, and knights can only hit in the knight ring. Um, so and you can Brandon, say, like... I have to buy this game. What? I have to buy this game now. Yeah. Um, this game. So, like, you could say, like, okay, well, in three turns, that orc is going to hit the swordsman ring. I have a swordsman that I can't do anything with now, let me trade that to you so that when the orc actually gets there, you can hit him. You know, like, you have to think that far ahead sometimes when you're playing that game. Um, So, Dead Panic keeps to that similar gameplay style, but it changes things up in the fact that uh, now you actually have a character. Like, you can actually pick a character and that character has a special ability. So, each different character has their own special ability. Um, you know, one of them can repair a wall for free on his turn. One guy can, you know, fight with his fists. One person can hold an extra card in their hand. Um, so it's cool because you can pick a character now, and you can say, okay, I like this person's special ability, let me pick this character. Um, so the objective in this, in, in Zombie Panic now, is that all the players start inside the castle ring now. So they start in the center of the board. Um... Each one of you are in one of the little section pieces, and you all start in there, and you have walls up, and the zombies start moving towards you. Um, Now, unlike Castle Panic, where Castle Panic, the goal is to eliminate all the monsters to get to the end of the game. Uh, Once you defeat all the monsters on the board, you win the game. Zombie Panic is different because you are trying to escape. Um, the, mo- the zombies will just keep coming. Like you, you just when you kill one, you put it back in the little draw bag, and you draw it again, or something like that. Like you know. You just it keeps going. Like there's no end game in terms of okay, we got through all the monsters in the bag, we win. Like no, it's you keep going until you escape. And the way you escape is that sometimes when you draw um, one of the tiles from the monster bag, it could be a survivor token. Uh, there's three survivor tokens in the bag. When that survivor token comes out, he has a radio piece on him. Um, you are trying to collect three radio pieces. When one player has all three radio pieces, they can then call for the van. He'll roll a die, the van will spawn. Then all of the players have to get out and into the van. Uh, when all the players are in the van, you win. Um, the cool part about it is that since you have a player character, you can actually move around the board now. So you can actually take your character outside of the cabin, if you're brave, um, and try to get to that survivor to get the radio piece. 
the survivors can die and drop the radio piece out in the middle of the board, and then you'll have to like go out and actually get it. Um, and it's crazy because the way zombies move in this one now is that they have a line of sight. So the board is broken up into rings. So you have ring one, ring two, ring three. If you're in ring one, any zombies in ring three or in ring two or six can now see you and will subsequently move towards you. Instead of just moving straight forward, they will now move towards you. So it becomes that like zombie horde where at one point when we were playing, I had like four zombies in the same space as me because they all converged on me because I was outside trying to get a radio piece. Um, and it gets crazy because then you have like melee combat and you have guns now. Like it's 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 insane. Like it's so much fun. Yeah, it's like a, a they brought in so many new elements than yeah, Bang. It's like intense now. Yeah. It's very yeah, it's crazy. I love the, just the fact alone that you could have your own character and and then the zombies come straight at you. That seems like a lot of fun. And did you guys play that at the at the board game night? Uh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I really want to go. <laughs> so the coolest part about it, though, is that if you fight a zombie and lose, you actually become a zombie, and then you can go chase down your, your teammates as a zombie. What was that one game? Which is uh, awesome. It's a board game where you, it's like a house haunting, house, uh, haunted house game. Uh, the House on Haunted Hill or something like that? I think so. It's like where you built the house. And then yes, yeah, that's House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, 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 that game is a lot of fun, actually. That too. game is great, yeah. It's, it's actually really, it's just like fun to just sit down and, and play and then you become, there's like a storytelling kind of like clueish feel to it, which I felt like, oh, it's like you're in this room and you have this weapon and you can shoot this target, but then if you have... You could become the bad guy, so yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty intense game. That it essentially how House on Haunted Hill or whatever the hell it's called. It's got a really long name. Um, as you play, you spawn the board itself. So you you're all in a haunted house and you're moving around. And then as you're doing that, you're flipping these tiles over, and the tiles have like different effects or different things on them. But what's cool is that when you flip this trader token or trader tile or whatever it is, uh, you and you, you take this book, and the book is literally like, what, like 60 pages thick or something like that? It, yeah, it's like this for every scenario possible. Yeah, like so different they, stories. It's, it, there's like 60 different scenarios where you're now the traitor and you have to do a certain thing. So we actually played, we, we had a Halloween party earlier this year, and we were playing, and I ended up being the traitor. Nice. And I think my story was like I was a vampire, and I was able to... I, my goal was to try and turn everybody into vampires, and all I had to do was go and like fight them or whatever, or do whatever it was. So nobody knows what I'm trying to do, but they just know that I'm the traitor and that I'm a vampire. And you know, like the person, I, there's sort of like a, a DM who sort of tells the the group about this and everything. So it was really cool because you have one person who's always trying to like do something different, and it's different almost every time because it's just random. Like it's these like three random symbols, and when you see those symbols, you flip through this this separate book that has the scenario set up in it, and it's it's crazy. Like it was just a lot of fun. Now, Alice, I'm cu I'm curious. Do they play a lot of board games in France? Um, some people do. My father. Your does. father plays board yeah, games. Yeah, he does a lot. Um. Myself, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get um, uh, concentrate. Oh, you uh, can't for, focus. No, that long. focus for 
a time long enough to to complete. Uh, for instance, uh, last time I saw him, he was he was trying to uh, get me into uh, uh, a game that is named Libertalia. I don't know. Oh yes, Arrets. You know yeah. it. Yes, I know. And that it's <laughs> insanely complicated, and uh, I'm 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 not very bright usually, and I was I was just tired, and so I would I was just playing like uh, randomly and uh, trying to to get my ass out of it, and uh, <laughs> and I I got so miserable, but um but yeah he he likes board games a lot. You know Libertalia then? Yeah, I haven't played it, but I know of it. Well, it's it's kind of it's nice actually. Even though I was not fully awake, I, I thought it was nice. And there's there's another which is named Seven Wonders. Oh, oh Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders is game. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have that one, and that game uh, is. This is one of, of the few games I have bitten up my father. I, I have bitten <laughs> my father too. Because uh, he is he uh, he is uh, such a good player. Any games, but I've I've bitten him up. Seven Wonders. So I was <laughs> I was so proud of myself, but he he had a. It, it really depends on the, the um, board you got uh, yeah. at the beginning of the of the game, and yeah. he had a shitty one, and I had a nice one. <laughs> I think he had Babylon. The, the, this one is just is just crappy, <laughs> like gardens and all, but no no war thing or yeah. no resources or. <laughs> So, uh, but in general, like, do you see a lot of people play besides uh, like, your friends or friends of friends? Or... Mm, no, not really. Apart from my father and his friends, this is not this is not something. Uh, we we play um, uh, card games mm. like a lot, uh, but board games, no, not so much. I think it's because. It's it's kind of uh, a, a pain to to carry, and uh, when you when you get to your friend's place, you, you don't always want to carry like your risk with it. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> no, I don't I don't want to play risk with friends anyway. I, I just can play with my family because I'm I'm really aggressive at playing it. And so <laughs> no, I, and I, I'm a bad bad player. You get really competitive. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a bad. I'm loser sure. and I'm a bad winner as well. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess I get pretty intense when I'm not really winning either. <laughs> I don't know, Amanda. Have you seen any frustration in my eyes when I'm losing? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, to put it lightly. <laughs> the lights on fire. I really cannot lose. But yeah, I feel like uh, I think we've already talked about it, but we always have like. There's always that one person who takes it way too serious, yeah. especially especially when there's beer involved. Hmm. So yeah, we had we had game night, played that, and then that weekend, last weekend, two weekends ago actually at this point, um, I went to my friend's place and we literally played board games for like twelve hours straight. Um, awesome. Yeah, we just we played everything. We played. Uh, Played a couple rounds of Coup. We played uh, two games of Seven Wonders. We played Bang. We played um, Avalon. Oh, I, I got a good story for that. We played um, uh, Ultimate Werewolf. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Okay, so you, have you heard of the game Mafia either? Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't even like oh, Mafia. I know that. It's, <laughs> it's uh, some kind of role-playing game, yes. isn't it? I, yeah, I it's like a hidden it's... roles. It's, um, it's one of the card games we we play in France, actually, mostly. 
it's it's been around forever. Like Mafia and slash Werewolf, they're pretty pretty much the same game. They've been around since like the eighties or like mm-hmm. even earlier than that. They've been they're really old games, but it's a hidden roles type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way Werewolf works is that you have a group of people. One person is the werewolf. The rest of the people are, are townspeople. And you basically have one person who's not playing. He just oversees the whole thing. And then everybody shuts their eyes. You also have what's called a seer. And the seer has their own special ability. Think of it uh, like Merlin, John. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so what happens is at the beginning of the game, the leader of the group tells everybody to close their eyes. And he says, okay, werewolf, open your eyes. He'll make contact with the werewolf. Werewolf shuts his eyes. Everybody wakes up. At that point, you have to pick a person to hang. And it's just at that point, you're just like, okay, well, nobody knows who anybody else is. Um, we have to pick a person to hang. So you'll go through this and you'll debate and you'll you'll say, okay, like I, I think also at the beginning of the game, the seer, uh, the seer's ability is that when he opens his eyes during the uh, nighttime, everybody goes to sleep. Uh, he can point at a person, and the moderator will tell that per- will tell the seer if that person is a townsperson or a werewolf. Um, mm. So then everybody wakes up, and then you vote who you want to hang. And you might hang a townsperson, you might hang the werewolf. If it's the werewolf and one other person left, then the werewolf wins. But if you hang the werewolf, the townspeople win. So we played one or two games, and it was just real quick. Like We all just sort of like, you know... Goofing around, we were like, yeah, let's hang that person, yeah, let's hang that person, yeah, let's hang that person. Like, it went, like, five minutes before we had basically killed everybody in the Werewolf 1. Um, but then the more we played, the more we got into it, and the more we were, like, we, we started thinking about things, and at some point we had, we were like, well, let's not kill anybody on the first night. Let's let the Werewolf kill somebody and try and, let's whittle down our numbers. Oh, so and, then you, it went from playing to serious? Yeah, like, we, and it was like... It sort of became like Avalon, where we're all guessing, we're trying to figure out who is uh, who, and you're just going like, you know, that person's like, well, I think we should hang that person. You're like, why? And he was like, well, because, you know, he's probably a werewolf. And I was like, yeah, that's what the werewolf would say. Like, why don't we hang you? And then you'd have to do these debates, and you'd be, like, trying to convince somebody, and it never got heated. We were all just having a good time. But what started out as a game where we were all just like, yeah, this is all right. Right, like I'd rather play Avalon. Like we ended up playing it for like an hour, and it got real like crazy because we were like really into it after a while. Uh, but the game is set up to be played from six. The box actually says six to sixty-four players because they. Well, it's not a six is kind of uh, a short number. I would yeah. say it's, it gets funny when you're um, uh, from twelve persons actually okay. play. Yeah, it seems like it would be at that point. Um, we only had like seven people, eight people, so we played with like a small group. But yeah, I, I could see how with a lot of people it would be crazy. Um, you, played a, you played a big number of people? Yeah, we played a big group of people and it was pretty fun. Um, but it's meant to be like, they use it sometimes in like um, workshops and skill building stuff. And it's, you know, like trust exercises and crap like that. Like, do you believe this person? Why wouldn't you believe this person? Like, they use it as like, you know, workshop style stuff, because mm-hmm. um, it's been around for so long. Um, so that was actually, like, a, we actually re- ended up really liking it. But what's cool about Ultimate Werewolf is that it's got a ton of different roles. So, like, each mm-hmm. role is different and there's, like, a card. There was one that was, like, I forget what the character's name was, but one character card was, like, he basically wanted to die, and you would win the game. If you were that character, 
you would win the game if you are killed. So you're trying to get people to hang you, but not be too obvious because you want to win, but you don't want people to be like, no, don't hang him, because if he does that, we all lose and he wins. Um, There was another character that was the... I don't know that one. Yeah, it's part of Ultimate Werewolf that was... uh, That has, like, all these special cards in it, but there was, oh, like, uh... Oh, okay, because I, I know the classical one, like, like, the witch, the little girl, the, yeah. the hunter, and all Yeah, that. those are in this one, too, but then they added in a whole ton of different crazy ones. Mm-hmm. Oh. There was, like, uh, the mayor, his vote counts twice. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, the mm-hmm. idiot who always votes to hang somebody, and then there was, like, the pacifist who always votes to not hang anybody. So there's a bunch of different roles. It's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It was fun. Uh, I had a ton of fun with it. And then, what is the next board game night? Uh, next week, I believe. No. Yeah, because that'll be the first Thursday in February. So yeah. Oh man, we're in February. It's crazy. Super Bowl. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not gonna see it. Uh. Uh, playing board games instead, no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the one thing I I feel really about the Super Bowl, anyways, it's that no one no one comes up to to you and and kind of just or no one goes to like a party and brings like micro Bruce here. <laughs> like, can you imagine like how much more fun it would be if everyone's just like here are some. Um, some punk IPAs or <laughs> some dogfish head or something. I'd be, I'd like that, but which, which I was surprised that some of the big chain restaurants are getting like dogfish head and stuff like that. Hey, it's becoming more popular. I'm pretty excited. I want River Horse to be more popular too. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I definitely. What, kind of, what beer? What, what beers has everyone been trying? Amanda, anything new? No, I I actually haven't had anything lately. <laughs> have you finished? Have you guys finished the the amounts of beer that's in your fridge? No, <laughs> no, it's still, still there. there. I'm kind of taking a break from that stuff. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> you know, you need to like detox a little. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, clean out, clean house. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, there's there's plenty of waiting the next time you come over. Oh, uh, yeah. That's going to be fun. All, all two of them are going to be gone. <laughs> that's all I can drink at a time. Because <laughs> after the second one, I start getting sleepy. Like well, you usually, usually bring your own beers, and in all fairness, they're good beers, but they're usually at least 8 or 9% sometimes higher. So <laughs> that's that's about right. Yeah, I drink like one or two and I'm like, oh, I'm done because I'm feeling yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, they're good, but yeah, they're usually a lot stronger than Yingling or Liney. Yeah, you know, I really, I don't really associate high alcohol, high alcohol content with like good beer, but I just so happen to enjoy the higher alcohol ones because they just taste you know, the taste is bitter, and I, I like that kind of kind of beer. Uh, I had that uh, shipyard chocolate mint stout last week. I feel like I feel like Amanda would like that beer. Uh, it wasn't 
bad. Uh, it was kind of weird. Uh, and, like, I generally like chocolate stouts, and it wasn't even, like, it wasn't overpoweringly minty, but, like, you got the taste in the back end, and it was just, it was, like, way more bitter for chocolate stout than I've had. Like, most of, like, I think it's uh, Young's Double Chocolate Stout, I think is the name of them. Like, that is one of the best ones that I've had. Um, that one's got, like, a nice, like, chocolate flavor to it, and it's not too bitter or anything like that. This one was very bitter. Um, I don't know if I would get it again. Like, that was actually something Steph picked out. Like, I was like, yeah, just surprise me. Get me something cool, and that's what she came up with. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome, because I love chocolate mint stuff, and I thought it would be really good. And it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. You gave her, like, two stars on on tap. Yeah, I think. You know what happened, too, is I... I did that right after I drank it, but when I let it sit out for a little bit and sort of, like, get, like, aerate a little bit, it tasted better after I let it sit for a, a little bit. Like, it actually, like, I wonder if I just got all, like, the sediment at the top and it just tasted weird, but when I actually let it, like, settle and sit out for a bit, it tasted a little bit better. Interesting. Maybe it's, like, wine where I have to just let it breathe a little bit. Yeah, and that, that's what I thought. <laughs> like, I was, like, at my second, like, when I went back, I was just like, okay, it's a little bit better now. Like, I, I can I can take this. It's not too bad. Um, it's pretty interesting. Have you guys ever heard of Evil Twin Brewery? No. no. Uh, I, I had a beer that's really, really dark, and it had a little bit of coffee in it, which was delicious because I love coffee. It's called the Trappist? The Trampist? Trappist. The Trappist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I took a picture of it. I didn't upload it on tap yet or anything like that, but it is... Very delicious, and it's made in Brooklyn, I believe. Nice. Yeah, it's it's like really, really dark, and the taste you could taste the coffee in it. But yeah, yes, Amanda, it's another beer that had very high alcohol content. So, so after the first one, I was like, I'm done. See, I like those on like like a Friday night. I'll come home. Yeah, this one had twelve percent. Damn. Oh boy. Jeez. Huh. Um, I love like my that, tasty beers. That's like that one you had at um, stuff your face. What was the? Um, oh, oh my good the the devil um, one. Double bastard. The, the double bastard. This. Beer, oh, is that a, a stone? What, yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. First of all, I didn't know it was gonna be like a half a liter bottle. <laughs> I just. Or, it was a big bottle, and then it was like 12, 12 or thirteen percent beer. Yeah. What'd you What'd you think? You tasted it. I thought it tasted fine. I liked it actually. It was It was a little too much for me. Um, but I read on the label itself, it described the beer as bitter and aggressive, <laughs> and that totally fit. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. And that's like, why I fell in love with it. I know. It was so funny because we were sitting, we were sitting at Stuff Your Face, which is a restaurant uh, in in Amer- in New Jersey, in New Brunswick, mm-hmm. like right by a university, and we were sitting there. It's like, oh, what's that one? And they're like, oh, we tried it. And I'm like, oh, Amanda, you're gonna have to help me with this one. Because <laughs> yep. I take, I take. Like a, take care, everybody. We're gonna have fun tonight. I take like an hour plus to finish a regular beer. And this one was like one and a half beers, almost two, and we would have been there all night if Mana didn't help me out. <laughs> we would have closed that thing down. 
Yeah. Wait, we tried that one, and I also I also tried the. Have you guys ever heard of the Punk IPA? Brewing Company. Mm, I might have. It's just like. Uh, um, they taste pretty good. I actually really enjoy the taste. They have a IPA, double IPA, and a triple IPA. Okay. And they have a stout. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll agree like, with no, Amanda. Yeah. No. Okay. I'll drink this out. <laughs> Amanda's yeah. not a big fan of IPAs. No, I'm not either. What? How am I the only one in this group who likes IPAs? I don't. I just can't. Like I. That's all I drink now. I don't drink anything else. They seem to have blown up recently, like really blown up. Like IPAs have seemingly become like it. Like I never heard people really talking about them before. Maybe it's just because I never really paid attention to it before. Um, such a hipster. Because <laughs> it was always just like, oh, I'll go to the store and buy like you know a thirty case of PBR cans for five bucks and be fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, because that was the cheap way to do things. Because it was like, oh, I'll drink just to get drunk. But now it's sort of like, yeah, I just like having a beer on a Friday night while I'm chilling, and I'll just have something craft and nice or something like that. Um, but it seems like IPAs have just sort of blown up recently. Yeah, I think I feel like microbreweries in, in general, like people are more are brewing their own beers more than than previously. I think that's like a cool thing now. Yeah. Uh, Steph got me for Christmas uh, a home brewing book. <laughs> she got you your own brew making kit. Uh, just a book. Uh, no kit yet, but it was like a home brewing a book there's on a how Google, to home. There's brew. a Google Plus uh, community that was uh, special to just like micro brewing oh, your nice. own stuff. Because my old boss used to do it, and he uh, he was also a fan of special beers, and we would like honestly, it'd be. Be a work day. We should be getting things done, but we have a two-hour conversations on beer. <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> but two things. But two things that I love more in the entire world is arcade video games and beer. Nice. So when I heard of barcade. That's no oh yeah. <laughs> so when I heard of barcade, I was super excited. Yeah, barcade is a great place. And I went to the one in Philly, and I think we should all go to the one in Brooklyn or Jersey City. Yeah, that's I, we went to the one in Jersey City for my bachelor party, and that one was pretty nice. Did you attempt any world records? No. I'm gonna practice my heart off and play tap uh, tapper. Oh, tapper's great. I'm, I made it to like level 15. And I was like, I could do this. It was I was pretty rusty, so I spent like I spent like a good for three dollars on Tapper that <laughs> night, and it's a I quarter played, piece. I played a ton of Rampage. Oh god, I love Rampage. Rampage is such a good game. Um, so yeah, that's where most of my money went for the night. And Donkey Kong, that's where most of yeah. my money went. because that's you know hmm. for anyone who's seen the King of Kong, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Don't break. Billy Mitchell's um, Billy record. Mitchell's record? It's, it's been broken <laughs> so, for some time. Yeah? Yeah, yes. I think oh. he's now sixth in the world, Billy Mitchell, mm -hmm. for his record. Really? Yeah, I met the world record holder of Donkey oh. Kong now. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, he's a plastic surgeon from New York. <laughs> <laughs> really? He's a plastic surgeon? He's got time to... He, I know, he has Donkey time to play Donkey Kong. Kong and be a professional world record holder. Oh, my. <laughs> That gives me hope that I could do this and have a career at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. 
But I feel like, Amanda, you would really like this place because they have delicious yeah, beer. I, I, yeah, I've been to in Jersey City. Oh, you've been to the Jersey City one? How did I not yeah. know about this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel so sad and cheat, cheated. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I have friends that go there a lot, too. So. <sighs> I, I just thought it was go. a thing, you know. I mean, cool people know what it is, but... Uh, oh! Uh, sorry, John. Throwing jabs, throwing jabs. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take them like, <laughs> like little Mike from Punch-Out. A little... <laughs> oh, man. Which was also there at the arcade. <laughs> Punch-Out. So good. But yeah, so... Amanda, you've seen a few movies, correct? Well, I saw American Hustle, which... Yeah, I liked it. It wasn't action-packed, and I guess the story moved a little slower than I would have liked, but... I really, I really liked the music in it, um, and I really liked the hair, and I really liked the costumes. <laughs> the hair? Yeah, just, yeah, they really nailed the 70s in an amazing uh, way. So I was going to ask, I, I didn't know what time era was supposed to be in. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, it's Bradley definitely. Cooper has a perm. So. Nice. <laughs> you see him with perm rods in his hair. It's like, yep, this is the 70s. So it was, it was good. I liked it a lot. Do any men still ask you for perm at the salon? <laughs> no. no. No sweet feathered hair? Uh, no. Um, there there was a while when, because um, I work in Princeton by the university, Okay. the baseball team, I guess, if they make it to the playoffs, they all get mullets. So sometimes, like in spring, there'll be a week when all these baseball players come in and and ask for mullets. That's awesome. That's great. Dude, like, is that something that you're trained to do? Like, oh, I, I want a it's mullet. It's not too hard to figure out how to do that. <laughs> it's, it's not too hard. Um, I can't believe someone would pay for that. Well, that's my thinking. I mean, if you're going to pay... You know, you're going to pay full price for a men's haircut, and if you want it to look like this, then fine. We'll give you a mullet. That's awesome. Just don't tell anybody you came here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, like, try not to laugh the entire time when you were cutting the hair? You were like, what the hell is this kid doing? I'm sure the first time, but... I've done... Yeah, the baseball team did that. Um, the hockey team, a couple years ago, they all bleached out their hair. So I had a couple that came in, and we bleached their hair out as, you know, as much as you could. And then, like, two weeks later, they came back in to have it reversed. <laughs> um, the soccer team, they had some hazing thing where they made, you know, the new guys on the team, like, color their hair black, like jet black. Um... And so then, you know, they do that, and then they come back later and have you fix it, make it back to normal. So it's it's weird, but I enjoy it. <laughs> Keeps my job interesting. <laughs> well, thinking thinking about, like, the movie, um, how much time do you think they spend alone on just, like, hair for that type of movie? Um... Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's different every day. 
Yeah, well, the, well, like the upkeep with the perm and the crazy blonde hair that they had. I mean, the girls would probably be easier, but I mean, Christian Bale was had like a comb over, and <laughs> yeah, Bradley Cooper just had his perm. So, you know, if you if you treat a, a perm well, it'll last you a little while. <laughs> He's still rocking it to this day. Oh gosh. I actually heard an interview with him before I saw the movie, and that was his idea, which I thought was really great, that he went to the director or the producers and was like, I think my character would have a perm, so can we make <laughs> that awesome. happen? <laughs> yeah. That's a good reason. That's just a good, great reason to just get a perm. Be like, eh, it's in a movie. No one's going to judge me. <laughs> yeah, That's fantastic. But, what did so you what I I saw um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It was basically a picture book uh, as a movie. Now, and have you seen the original? The original Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I did not. I didn't even know there was an original. It's, it's an old movie. Yeah, it's like, a remake of an old movie. So I'm guessing oh. you haven't seen it. No, how old is the movie? Like, really, really? Are we talking about, like, the 50s? I want to say somewhere around there because my parents were like, oh, yeah, that was a movie I saw when I was young, like, when the, when it came out. Like, so they, so, you know, my dad's in his mid-60s, so, like, he was like, oh, yeah, it was with Danny Kaye, something, something. I was like, okay, I didn't even know it was a remake either. George Decay? No, I'm just kidding. Danny <laughs> Kaye. Oh, my. What was that, my No, Danny Kaye. Danny, Danny Kaye. I love him. <laughs> I, no, I like old movies, so. I need to watch more old movies, like older, older movies. I just didn't get a chance to as growing up as a kid, and now I'm so consumed by mainstream movies and you know comic blockbuster movies that I keep forgetting to go back and see and see the older movies when they were still shot in film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but this movie, uh, for any photographer, like landscape photographer, or just someone who really appreciates the world uh, as a whole, it's, it was very inspiring. It was very, very... It just made you want to go out in the world and just see it and explore it. And as weird as that sound sounds, it's like uh, you spend your life doing something. Uh, his character, Ben Stiller's character, spends his whole life doing something for somebody else. For uh, Sean Penn's character, as a, a photographer, he always developed the film. He was never the one out there going for the adventure. And basically, the movie is is uh, now his character needs to search for Sean Penn's character, so now he's going to go out in this world and, and, uh, and hunt down Sean Penn. So it's a, it's a very interesting story. Uh, it wasn't deep or anything like that. I actually really enjoyed Chris, Kristen Wiig's performance because she wasn't trying to make me laugh. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed her. She was great, and everybody was great in that movie. And it just made you want to just explore the world, and I really appreciated that. On the other end of the emotional spectrum, Her was a very touching movie. And it was a type of movie where um, it's a love story, but the, the, the person you fall in love isn't real. It's an Android device. 
or like a droid, like an operating system that evolves with you and, and gets to know you, and, and it's like a re like a, any beginning of any relationship, mm -hmm. and people get to know you, and sometimes they surpass you. So it's like it's like heartbreak and lost, and if you just broke up with somebody, I would highly suggest not to watch this movie because the waterfalls or waterworks will fall a lot. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, it, it was okay that I got very emotional during this movie. It was just, just that's how emotional and emotionally powerful this movie was. And, and I, I think Joaquin Phoenix is a genius and the writer. So I would, I would, I would suggest seeing that movie. Nice. But yeah, any upcoming news on anything mm. besides the board game nights? No. <laughs> like I said, it's it's been relatively quiet. Um, yeah, it's pretty quiet. I don't think it's gonna start picking up until maybe like March. Yeah, well, that's that's when you start getting your movies coming out again, like the big big movies coming out. Like I saw a couple trailers for some movies today that just made me shake my head and, and just say, what what the hell, man? Like, January and February really are just the dead zone for just... Like, there's some movie coming out called Pompeii. Has anybody seen the trailers for this? Oh, God, yeah. It's got Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones and What's-Her-Name from Sucker Punch and uh, what's-his-name? Uh, <laughs> just a bunch of people I don't remember. Um, <laughs> What's the Sutherland, name? Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, I think, is in it, and it's just it's about Pompeii, and it just looks real dumb. Like it, like it looks like it's trying to capitalize on like that, like what Troy was, where it was just like they made it into this big action movie. Um, it also kind of reminds you of like Three Hundred, and also yeah. it reminds me of uh, what was that one movie from the guy who played Superman? Oh yeah. Immortals. Immortals, yeah. So it's like in the same. Yeah, it, like there was a lot of bunch of like slow motion shots and it just looked real dumb. And I was just like, what is this? And then like right after was like a trailer for like Vampire Academy or something like that. that... Oh god. And apparently, I Frankenstein has like a six percent uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, which like I could have told you that from the start, like that. What? He is a great actor. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel bad for Aaron Eckhart, because I actually like him as an actor. And, yeah. and a person. He's done some podcasts where he gets like really in-depth about his style of acting, or like just the person he is, and he just seems so awesome. Friggin' Yvonne Stravinsky from Chuck is in there, and uh, it was like I was so happy to see her getting work, and then she's in this, and I was like, oh man, I feel bad for you. Looks so like he's he, not getting any more work out yeah, of this. Yeah, like... <laughs> So I think, like, March you'll start getting... I mean, like, Captain America 2 comes out in the spring. Um, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. Like, you'll see movies start rolling out in, like, March. And I think a lot of, like, the bigger video games start rolling out in March. Um, yeah. uh, no new board games, though, right? Board games are weird because... They take forever to come out. Yeah, well, it, it they take forever. And then, like, the way I consume board games is... I end up going back and playing older games. Like, you end up playing more about more older games than newer games because just because of the way the games are released and everything, a lot of the newer board games you're seeing are, like, either from well-known board game creators or Kickstarters. Um, like, that seems to be the buzz is 
that Kickstarter is a big place for these new board games, or you're just getting like, okay, here's the new, you know, Reina Kinesia game, or, you know, uh, you know, whatever other developer or creator of games or something like that. So they're a little weird. Board games are, you know, and I end up usually going back and, and making my way through a catalog of, like, must-play board games before I really get to new ones, um, with the exception of a few. Like, Coup is, is a relatively new game. Um, so board games are, are weird. Yeah, and then, uh, like, yeah, like you said, video games and all that stuff, and we had some major tournaments for Super Smash Brothers that you know, was in Apex, which was in New Jersey, actually. Oh, nice. A few weeks ago, and... It was a huge turnout, and so like the the big Super Smash Brothers tournaments are also slowing down. I feel like this is like the time where everything kind of just slows down a little bit. So we need to have just more hostfuls and and then just just chat, just chit chat. Yeah, it's been nice. I've been able to catch up on like video games that I didn't get to play. Like I bought a bunch of games in the Steam sale, and I was able to get through them all now because there's nothing new. Um, which is good because, like I said, like March, Titanfall comes out, and then Dark Souls 2 comes out around there, and then there's Witcher 3. Like, a bunch of games will start coming out in, like, the spring and everything. So now is a good time because it just lets me catch up on stuff and catch up on TV shows. Like we were saying earlier, I've been watching through Veronica Mars because the movie is coming out. Speaking about Kickstarter stuff, uh, Veronica Mars' movie comes out in March, so I've been watching through that. Steph's watching through it, so when the movie comes out, we can go see it. Sherlock! Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> when is the season finale for Sherlock? Uh, next week. This Sunday. This Sunday, yeah. yeah. a couple days. Mm. Yeah. Prepare your mind to be blown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is. I know. No spoilers, but it is great. <laughs> cool. I really like the end of the end of season two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, it's still pretty fresh, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it yet. But I, I like the way they did that. Oh, um, come on. It's like a two year gap. We could spoil the second season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two years. If you have not, if you waited no longer. But you know what though? It only years. recently came to Netflix. Like season two only popped up on Netflix within like I want to say the past six to nine months, so in that sense, it's relatively new for people who, like, because they didn't air it here, at least in America, like, we didn't get it on a normal schedule. That sounds um, right, because Amanda has been pushing me to see this, Amanda and Raul have been pushing me to see this show for, like, about six or seven months before I actually watched it. <laughs> like, I remember so watching you, the first you three episodes a while wait. ago. No, I didn't have to Oh, wait. God. You were lucky. Oh, no, sorry, I'm not supposed to swear. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, see, that was the thing. Is like I didn't have to wait. French. I basically <laughs> yes. Because oh god, oh you were you were. Uh... You wait. You had to wait. Yeah, I years. had to wait for two years <laughs> to catch with the third season. Oh god, oh, you are so lucky. Mm. <laughs> I uh, I definitely like the second episode more than the first one of this season. The first one, like I said, I think I said to you, John, like it, it's still. It had a little too much of that Moffat-ness going Moffitt. on to it. Yeah, like yeah. his his goofiness. I, like um, I definitely, I really like the second episode. Um, uh, the the bloody godsman. Yeah, like yeah. that mm-hmm. episode was was really well done. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was actually. It was fun. Like I actually laughed out loud a lot during that episode. Like it was really uh, <laughs> I did, I did too. Um, 
which which funny because for like the opening sequence of the the season premiere of, of three, like I'm watching it and afterwards they do sort of like a Talking Dead thing at least on on PBS. Uh, they do like a half an hour recap of the show mm-hmm. and like the first episode was like. Um, I think they talked about, like, how they resolved the whole ending of season two, and then last week's Mm -hmm. was all about, like, the women in Sherlock, and it was, you know, all those characters. But, like, they Mm -hmm. talked about it there, but when I watched it, I just, the opening sequence, I rolled my eyes and said, yeah, this is typical Moffat stuff. Like, this feels very Doctor Who, and then you find out that it's fake, and, like, they say that on the, the thing. He was like, yeah, we wanted to make people think it was real, and then... We wanted mm. them, like, halfway through watching it to be like, oh, okay, this isn't real. Like, mm. we know this that. Kind of, this is kind of use, uh, this kind of typical of, of this show, I think, like, uh, playing with the viewers' yeah. uh, um, attempts and, uh, and um, yeah, playing with it and not fulfilling it and uh, finally turning it as a joke. It's kind of enjoyable, I think. I think I just, I think I get too bitter because Moffat has done that <laughs> too much with Doctor Who. Really? Yeah, he. Uh... Uh, I, since I don't watch Doctor Who. Yeah, I... so that's. So you don't get the full force no. of it. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not terrible. He just like I said, like he at quote unquote moppets things up. Yeah, like he yeah. makes them like too goofy sometimes. Like he, he just. Are you caught up, Amanda, with Sherlock? Have you seen the first two episodes? With Sherlock. Yeah. 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 I might, I might have to watch. Um, if you could do me a favor, can you not delete? Do you still have them on your DVR? The first two. Just the second one. Just the second one. Um, I don't know, mm. but I know they're on demand. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you so sh- either way, you should be fine. Yeah. When I next time I come over, I would. I'm, I think I'm. If it's a, like that, we should just binge on the third season. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to find them. Awesome. If not, I, I can Chromecast I'm just going to show you the second episode and see if you can figure out the mystery. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, uh, does anyone else want to talk about anything? No, I'm, uh... I'm about to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> the community's about to kick off in ten minutes, so I was going to go watch that. Which, nice. if nobody has watched this season of Community yet, it is amazing. Like, Oh, it's back to its normal, to its roots. Having Dan Harmon back on the show has turned this thing 100% oh, around. Like, it is awesome. so good this season. Uh, and they're only, like, five episodes in. Um, but th- this season alone has already had one that one episode that will go down as, like, one of my all-time favorite Community episodes. Like, it was just so well done. But it has all the heart and charm of the first two seasons again, having Harmon back. It's is fantastic. Donald, is Donald Glover still in it? He, last week, was his last episode. Okay. So he won't be so in tonight's first, episode going forward. This will be the first without him. Right, right. Nathan Fillion is guest starring tonight, which is pretty cool. What? Yeah. Love so. that man. Follow him on Twitter. He's amazing. <laughs> but uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is uh, Get Off on Geeks Podcast. Episode something. We'll figure it Episode out later. Episode to be determined. <laughs> you know, we forgot. Because we've done so many. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you could find our lovely hosts, all three of us, 
Um, me personally, at yeah, Genovia87. Amanda? On uh, Instagram, Star Princess 1988. M. Brandon? Uh, Nerds Beware on everything. Steam. And you could find Get Off All the Geeks podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, and I think we post stuff on Tumblr too. I don't even remember. I think we do. Probably. <laughs> um, we sort of covered all yes. our bases. Yeah. Well, for thank you everybody who listened to this live. It was. It's. It's been a while. I missed this. Can we do yeah. this more often? Absolutely. Now that we don't have a lot of things going on in our lives yeah. that are crazy like the holidays. <laughs> and thank you. Our first, like, uh, well, not our first guest, guest. Our first foreign guest. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one, actually. Our first foreign guest. Uh, did you want to tell anybody where they could find you, or do you want to keep yourself a secret? Ugh. I, uh, I'm on Facebook, but really my page is kind of lame, so I'm not going to name it. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if you want to, I'm, I'm actually hosting uh, John, so if you want to find me, uh, it's on catchsurfing.org. But, uh, my, so my, my first name is Alice, but I'm not going to pronounce my, my last name. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm going to pronounce it like uh, English style, Renard. Like uh, it's it means fox actually in English. So. <laughs> Just use <laughs> Google Translate <laughs> to find me. Renard. Oh, Renard. Mm. Renard. <laughs> That's it. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yes, thank you. That has been thank my pleasure. Yes, and uh, I'll make sure to not delete the other one. <laughs> I'll make sure not to delete this one. <laughs> Uh, but thank you very much, you guys. This has yeah. been a lot of fun. And uh, have fun uh, next week. I won't be able to make it to board game night. But yeah. everyone, board game night at the Barnes & Nobles in Bridgewater, New Jersey. Yes. Starting first, at 6 p.m. First and third Thursday of every month. Perfect. But uh, thank you, guys, and cool. enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>